Hey, what's good? What's going on, everybody? You already know who this is, and it's definitely your favorite sofa child. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Shark coming at you once again. Yo, at the PEG Podcast, y'all, where we give y'all positive energy, uplift you throughout the day, and help raise your frequency. But you know, the artists of the weeds are the ones that come in and share their music and uplift you all the time. So I got my man, Jay Denton, in the building, y'all, to showcase not only his journey, but to help push you further in your journey. So, man, hey, how, how you doing today, Jay? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Shark sounds like... Uh... Sounds like we already got some good energy going on this thing. So, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> I'm caffeinated, I'm ready. Man, I, I heard so much about you. And like I said, your music has been touching so many people around the world. And you guys will be able to check it out on the PG podcast. His song, The Reckoning, coming out very soon. But I want to actually talk about how you led up to just being an artist. So let everyone know um, where you're from and who Jay Denton is. Totally. Yeah, my artist career was so different than I think a lot of... Uh, a lot of artists' careers have been. So I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and then I came out to Los Angeles, California for college. And when I was in college, I studied international relations. It had nothing to do with music, but I would always write songs my whole life. I was always again too busy with sports to be writing, or, or not to be writing, but too busy with sports to really being in music classes or anything like that. I pretty much just did sports, did school, but then I'd write songs all the time on my own. And even through college, I'd be writing songs all the time. But then when I graduated college, I had a, like a degree in international relations, it had nothing to do with music. And then I worked overseas in India and East Africa. And then I came back to uh, back to Los Angeles and started working in LA. And that's really when I got kind of wrapped up into music. And that's because I'd started, I started teaching uh, Krav Maga and I was literally doing extra work in the film industry. I was like a walking prop, uh, teaching Krav Maga. And then I was writing songs and I met this artist named Jessica Aaron, who's a country artist. And mm -hmm. I'd never really written songs with other people before. And so I started writing songs, um, wrote a couple songs with her. And then kind of on a whim, we just took off in the fall and loaded up her SUV and just traveled around the US for about two months on this sort of self-funded, self-booked tour. And that's really what got me into uh, starting to do music and actually have that really be my profession. Um, I always kind of saw it as something I would do that I'd be writing songs inside, but I wanted to like do a career maybe in stunt work or something like that, get into the film industry and that stuff. So, um, so that's what really got me into it. And then I was on the road for a while and then that, that kind of trickled into one thing led to another and then I moved and I was in Nashville, Tennessee for three years. And that's why I started full time pushing music. So, so now you're doing music full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was doing that. Um, really, I started even for for years. Even when I first moved to Nashville, Tennessee, I was writing songs, uh, producing. Some, or I was writing songs for other artists, writing and recording some of my own music, and then I was teaching Krav Maga kind of all the time. And that was sort of my my balance of life. And then uh, over time music started to do more and more and then i did you know ramp down the side job and spend more time on music oh my god what what is that what is a what you said <laughs> yeah krav maga it's uh it's uh it's really not a martial arts it's really military's uh combat system oh. and combat system but so basically like a combination of all martial arts just with that focus of what is most practical in terms of like self-defense or street fighting so combatives okay yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, 
it sounds familiar because I, I I was in the military for six yeah. years. So um, we did Cabana. So when you said, I was like, that sounds so familiar. But yeah, now 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 I know. So did you actually were you an instructor for that? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've been an instructor, problem guy instructor for years. How did you start off in that? Uh, you know, I what well, I started training in college. I okay. all of a sudden came to college and I was so used to having school and then going to practice for four hours and then going home and having homework. And when I got to college, I felt like I had all this free time because I wasn't playing sport anymore. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, me and one of my best friends in the world, we just started going across town and Los Angeles to this probably got training center. We just started training, uh, trained all through college. Then I did, uh, I did a lot of combatives training. I did some combatives training with McMahon. Um, I did OCS with the Marine Corps up in Quantico, my junior, senior year of college. Oh, that's yeah. real dope, man. That's, that's bad right there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was interesting because Krav Maga, it's, uh, it is it's very similar to combatives because it's like, you know, it's, it's all focused on what do you need to do to be effective at your job mm. as opposed to how to, win a, how to win a martial arts competition. Right. And that's, that's cool and to, to know the different areas you started off in and now you're doing music full time. You yeah. know, that's really dope. Uh, what was your first song that you wrote and produced as an artist being full time? It's interesting. When I started as an artist, I would be writing stuff and then I'd be producing with other people, right? So, or I'd have other people that were producing me. And then over time, I had such kind of a, whenever I would write a song, I'd go in to produce it and I'd play kind of a few different instruments. And I'd always have such a specific sense of what I wanted that mm. a lot of times I'd like working with other producers, but I'd always feel like it was close to what I wanted, but not exactly what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's really one of the reasons I started producing is because I write so many songs. And I just wanted to get more of them recorded and heard. The first one, so I mean, I started doing music full time before I was producing full time. Okay. So yeah, I did a record. Uh, I did a record. I put out a record um, with, called Locked. Uh, with one of my favorite producers in the world, his name's John Coggins. And he and I worked on that at his studio for, gosh, we worked on that maybe 10 months, almost a year. And wow. then put out a whole album, Locked. And that, that's that's when I started really, that and then some of the other songs I've been writing were starting to move a little bit. So that was about the time I started doing music. So you know how to, um, you know how to mix and max too, right? Yeah, most of the stuff I work on, I produce it, I kind of play all the instruments and then mix it master it myself. And I feel like that's the hardest part, like artists is, um, that don't mix and mix, they want to know how to mix and master. I feel like that's the hardest thing that um, what gets most new artists is how to mix and master their, their sound, you know? Totally. So the fact that you you use like, oh, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna be the one that mix and match my sound. That's unique because you don't see many artists that's producing and being an artist too. No. So yeah. That's really cool. Oh, and the mix, the mix is so important. I feel like too, as a producer, a lot of the stuff that I'll do, like the way I mix it, would be such a big part of the overall sound. And so, um, so you know, if I played like that guitar part, but then I mixed it differently, I would want to put other things in there. But because of the way I mixed it, that's like no, I want it just to be guitar vocal at this point. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, before uh, yeah, before I was a full time producer alongside the stuff I do as an artist it was like yeah you know I'd be writing songs all the time but I'd be writing songs on a couch with guitars or at a piano 
or something like that, or writing to tracks. And, uh, and it just such a game changer to get involved on every element of it from right. uh, producing to the mixing. And then you sort of rewind it and you say, oh, okay, here's how I want to create that sound from the get go. And uh, yeah, so it's, I think it's helped incredibly learning how to uh, mix and master. Well, what would you say would be the hardest thing about mixing and mastering? Is it finding the sound or knowing what works for you? Because I'm pretty sure other producers could say different things about mixing and mastering, but I feel like everyone has that one thing that made it difficult for them. So what is something yeah. that you can say that was difficult for you to learn about it? Oh, it's, it's you know, so much of mixing and mastering is pretty analytical. And it's so like numbers based. I mean, like, that's why I thought mixing engineering. And you'd have people who would go to school and study like, a four year degree in mixing engineering, sound engineering, and stuff like that. Because it really is, it's, it's kind of engineering frequencies and all the right. stuff that when we're writing songs and creating songs, the last thing we want to think about <laughs> is how to EQ frequency. You know, yeah, we yeah, just want to make something. We want to make something that's, that's dope. We want to make something that's great. And, uh, and so that was the biggest hurdle for me. And two, when you're mixing stuff, it's a, it's a bit of a change in the game because I was a guitar player. And so when I'd write songs mm -hmm. first, my whole focus was, I just gotta be a really badass guitar part. And then the song has to be cool. And I feel like if I had a song that didn't have a really cool guitar part, it's like, well, what's the point of the song? You can't <laughs> but then when you start producing and you see how all the pieces come together and mixing, you're like, okay, well, maybe the maybe this song is not about the guitar. Maybe this song is about this part, right? this thing that's going on. And maybe a guitar comes in here, but then it's out. Now I write a bunch of songs where I don't even put guitar, you know, write with the piano or write with other like bass instruments and stuff like that. So, Would you guess that though? That you'll be writing songs without the guitar in it? Not, not when I first started. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, you know, it's, um, as a producer too. So much of what we do is on like these MIDI keyboards. And people mm -hmm. don't know what, what a MIDI keyboard is. It's just, it's like a keyboard, like a piano, but you know, it's plugged into your uh, your studio system. And so obviously you can play piano parts on it, but you can also play like any kind of synthesizers you use. If you want to put mm -hmm. in string parts or something, you're all putting that in on a MIDI keyboard. And, uh, and so, yeah, I wasn't a piano player at all, but I kind of learned how to <laughs> play the piano and learn how to go from there. Hey, that's what's up. It, it's all coming together, you know. It's all yeah. making sense. You also, um, you also did the song, the reckoning, or uh, did they yeah. be displaying onto the podcast? So you guys definitely gotta stay tuned and check out that song. But well, I want to talk about what 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 made you write that song. You know, when you was writing it, what was the main mission behind it? Yeah. So that song, the reckoning. I actually wrote that song a few years ago. And um, and then I kind of revisited it and recorded it. And then I worked with um, a friend of mine, Hannah Parrott, who's an amazing composer. And we kind of worked on this fusion of what I do on more of the rock, uh, the rock side, and then what she does with more almost film score-ish type, uh, mm. type strings and orchestral arrangements, stuff like that. So it was really, really cool putting it together. When I wrote that song, it was uh, in California a few years ago, we had this these big fires uh, and there's this one fire called the Skirball fire that was right on the 405 freeway over here which is you know not too far from where I live I used to drive that freeway every day when I go teach uh, teach crop and God in the mornings and um, and it was crazy because it was this, the middle of this big freeway and both sides of it were completely lit up on fire and so you've got this valley 
and you drive through it and there's just flames on all on on both sides what? i'm a little bit of a glutton for uh punishment so i i have a motorcycle i took motorcycle and rode these areas just to see like what what happened with fire and it was it was crazy it was very um very surreal like the kind of stuff you're used to seeing in movies yeah <laughs> see normally when you get on the freeway and it it made me think i went to a breakfast restaurant and uh was drinking coffee as i'm known to do and was was journaling and um and i was writing about just kind of that idea of we live our lives and we have this sense of what normal is for us mm -hmm. but then sometimes things happen that are so out of the realm of anything we even thought was going to be possible mm -hmm. uh, it can shake things up in our lives personally it can shake things up in our uh, neighborhoods shake things up in our cities right and it just made me think like man are we ready like as people am i individually and society like are we ready for things if something came out of the blue that was completely out of left field that none of us would have expected none of us could imagine will we be ready for it and that's kind of why i wrote that song about. and we we wrote that song we didn't know that years later COVID would happen like no right no. that's crazy yeah it was kind of crazy then recording it yeah during COVID uh was was yeah it was kind of surreal putting it together yeah like this whole like you said movie movie scenery in your right there in your visual you riding down the highway looking at this fire on each side and you're like hey i'm going to write a song you know that's going to talk about things like this and you end up recording it during a pandemic and yeah. it like talks about the song it's that's kind of crazy everything kind of like aligned with each other that was like the reason why you was probably there riding through the highway to, yeah. to take this song out so to see it play out and you hear the story behind it, it's like, wow, who would have known COVID would have just took us left field and said everything that you put into this song, you know? Yeah. That's the first, when I listened to it, the first thing I thought about was like, yo, like COVID, you know? Like, yo, we yeah, all yeah, going yeah. through some things and it's crazy how just a music itself can link us together. Totally. So, yeah, I, yeah, I've had so many people ask me if I wrote that song about you know, <laughs> COVID and everything. I was like, no, I actually wrote it before, but, um, but yeah, and it and it is. I think whenever we go through, and you train the military, like you know, it's like so. Sometimes we don't even know things about ourselves until we go through something really, really hard. Right. And when we go through something that's really hard, that pushes us further than we ever were pushed before, further than we ever thought we could go before, we learn things about ourselves. If we go through that with a group of people, we learn things about everybody in that team, um, sure. everything in that group, and you know, we've refined and hopefully get a lot stronger. Was there any point in time during during that song that you wanted to quit? Or things wasn't like coming at you know, I know some songs like me, some songs I write are be a part of it takes time. Like, you know, you have yeah. that writer's block. Well, did you have a writer's block or your inspiration your inspiration came from the fire? Yeah, so I, I did actually maybe Honestly, I might have even had like a multi-year writer's block on it in the sense of like when I first wrote the song, I tracked it and I tracked it with basically like, I laid down some drums, I laid down like a bass part. And then uh, I've got in my studio, just like a mic right here, you know? And uh, you know, I've got like another like vocal mic that I work with, but sometimes when I put ideas, then I'll just kind of ramp that over and lay it down. And uh, 
And so I put, yeah, I put down just this idea for the song, kind of built, built the basics of it early. And then I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Like it was, I mean, yeah, you've heard the reckoning. It's, it's very kind of different sounding. It and is. For other stuff that I've done, it's like, it's, there's continuity, but it's also very different, very unique. And so I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do with it. And then, um, then I started, I had Hannah Parrott come over and we'd worked on this composer and we'd worked on a couple songs for an album I did with Syrian refugees. That's another story, we can get into that later. But, um, and, and so I had her come in and she heard that song and she really liked it and was like, um, yeah, she wanted to work on it with me. And so that in a sense almost broke the writer's block because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with it. I knew I always wanted to kind of finish it, but I hadn't. And then she came along and was like, oh, here, what if we do this? And uh, she basically took what I had and then built this whole orchestral thing behind it. And it sounded amazing. And that re-inspired me on some different parts. And I added some more parts, added some more electric guitar, added some more vocal things. Uh, and we put it all together. Man, that's really dope to actually see it all play out. Like, if you listen to the song, you you'd be like, your my my question was like, what was the story behind it? You know, every time I listen to the song, I'm like, what was the story behind it? And to see that the inspiration that started off with it, see that you you know you you had struggles, but you overcame those struggles, and now you have a song, a masterpiece that's out. That's dope. I feel like as artists, artists around the world, that that's dope to take your creativity out your mind and you know put it put it into a song where everybody can feel the feelings that you was putting into the song yeah, yeah. you you also yeah. do um work with other artists like you have artists of your own team that you work yeah. with right yeah so i started after i put out my record locked uh, a few years ago yeah i started uh, i started producing more and more of uh of my own stuff and then i started working with some different artists and started writing producing for them and then yeah then that picked up a lot and so I started, I kind of built out my studio space. I call it Endure Studios. And ironically, one of my visions with Endure Studios is to take these kind of two worlds that I lived in that are have really nothing to do with each other, right? There's sort of the international relations. You know, I studied like conflict, genocide, humanitarian disasters in college, international security, mm -hmm. and just basically like the worst things that happen in the world. That's like what I studied. Um, have did some work looked at going into um, private security stuff that would deal with uh, kind of humanitarian conflicts happening around the world, uh, human trafficking, all all of those worlds, and then music, right? Right. Like rock music and singer songwriter and stuff, and uh, and those worlds usually do not have a lot to do with each other. And so when I built out my studio, my vision was to kind of build that out, build sort of a team of artists that I work with here in Los Angeles and then start to actually sort of re-engage this thing with international uh, international projects. So in 2019, I went to, I'd done some, did, uh, did a little bit of private security work in Lebanon years mm -hmm. ago, um, up near the Syrian border. And uh, then I met a lot of Syrian refugees when I was there and just met some really great people. And then I was going through and one of my contacts, Lebanese contact, uh, has like a recording studio in, in Beirut that he uses mostly for closed caption stuff for film stuff. Right. But, you know, he'll record music and stuff in there too. And I had this idea that I wanted to go back and make an album with uh, with some of the refugee community 
have been displaced and was living in Lebanon. So yeah, 2019, I went back to Lebanon a couple times, uh, went to Beirut, and I met with some different um, people in the refugee community and I actually found like a bunch of really talented musicians there, which was, it was crazy to me how quickly I met uh, so many like talented people. They're all displaced, uh, displaced from Syria, displaced from Iraq, living right. in Lebanon. And so I wrote a wrote an album with them there, a full album. And it's partially in English, partially in Arabic, partially in Kurdish, kind of this blend of styles and languages. And then I recorded that with artists there. And then I come back here to Los Angeles and I worked with some of the artists here. And we we basically put together this collaboration record where most songs have like a an artist from the US on it and an artist from uh, one of the refugee artists from Lebanon on it. Yo, that is dope, man. That is dope. Yeah. Are you looking to do more future projects with uh, different artists in other countries? Yes, I do. I want to. Uh, that's kind of one of the one of these one of the kind of DNAs of the studio here is that we go to kind of different parts around the world that have been destabilized in some way, shape, or form, and work with people that you know endure studio is what I call the studio. Like work with people that have endured a lot yeah kind of give a platform for their story um yeah give a platform for their story and get to kind of put their stories into words and then get to take those words and those songs and also give those a little bit more of a platform by partnering up with artists that are a little bit more established was it so, kind of difficult working with the refugees or was, did everything go smoothly at first yeah it would, i mean there's so many complications I mean, yeah, working working on music, you know, like working in the studio, there are enough complications here, you know, <laughs> working out with people where I know, but yeah, when it's people that there's a language barrier, because I can speak a little bit of Arabic, like I can get around on the streets and stuff, but I don't speak great Arabic, um, <laughs> pretty hilarious to see me try. So, uh, so yeah, with between things like language barrier, between uh, just such different styles of music, um, and finding that thing that would kind of inspire both of us um, mm -hmm. and make, yeah, have, have a song that would somehow appeal to people that use, that listen only to Arabic music or people that listen only to US music or international music. Find a way to kind of bridge that. You bring it to, like you said, bringing those two worlds together. And, yeah. and that's dope, you're, you're creating a platform to help share and spread other stories from different countries because like they don't have the opportunities that we have over here, you know, and being in different environments can make that a lot more hectic than it would over here. You know, I've yeah. been to, um, I've been over to the Middle East and it's hot for one. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not about the heat, I will run. So yeah. it's hot. And like you said, the language barrier and how they run their country and how they do things is a lot different. So the fact that you're there, you know, do, do, under any of those circumstances, you're there, you're trying to work it out and you're still, like I said, bringing light to their story. That's a very impactful thing to do. And I, I actually love what you're doing and I want to just keep doing it. You know, I'm right behind you 100%. We need that type of positivity in the world and a type of uplifting in the world. Um, so what are some future things are you looking to do um, on the way with Endurance Studio? Yeah, so I want to go back. I, I've wanted to do this project for a while, um, but yeah, just with COVID, it's just kind of set things back a little bit. But I want to go back later this fall, uh, go back to East Africa. Where I've done some work before. Yeah, specifically like South Sudan, Uganda, and Rwanda. Hey. And I want to I want to work on a record over there. I 
I spent some time, yeah, my senior year of college, I started, um, I learned the story about this guy named Sam Childers, who uh, went to South Sudan, Northern Uganda and South Sudan, and um, he built short, he built a orphanage because that region was getting, uh, was caught in the middle of this conflict with the LRA, led by Joseph Kony. And, and it was just causing so many problems. I mean, they just go through and just wreck villages um, and, and force a lot of chi- uh, kids to become child soldiers. And, uh, and so Sam went and he kind of built an orphanage to try to help kids get out of the LRA, uh, mm-hmm. that militia organization, and kind of reestablish life and, and go to school and figure out how to kind of re, um, reintegrate outside of this militia group. And so he did that, and then that turned into him, in a lot of ways, just kind of fighting back against the LRA and in, uh, in northern Uganda and South Sudan. So I spent some time with him over there, and I basically told him, a senior, I was like, you know, I have a commission opportunity from the Marine Corps, but I'd really like to come and work with you over here, um, just because your story really inspires me. And so, yeah, that's what kind of led me to uh, say no to the military and go and work just overseas and kind of try to work directly on issues that I really believed in. And uh, so anyways, I met some really, really great people in South Sudan through Sam Childers and everything he's he's got going over there. Um, and so I would love to, and I've always wanted to go back and make a record with, uh, with some of the kids that were affected by that conflict um, years ago. You said the LAR, 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 LRA. Yeah. LRA. Is that yeah. is that mom? We said malicious group. That's the group where they terrorize or. Um... Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a documentary that came out when I was in college uh, called Invisible Children. Mm. Uh, that was it was kind of about this conflict that was happening in in East Africa, and then uh, then Sam Childers was doing his thing. He wrote a book called Another Man's War. And then they made a movie about him actually called The Machine Gun Preacher um, mm-hmm. with uh, Gerard Butler and Michelle Monaghan. And I, you know, thought it was great. And I was talking, I was talking with Sam before, before any of the uh, movie stuff came out. But it was really interesting. It was like through those film projects, it was like all of a sudden people around the world, people like me going to, you know, college in Los Angeles, all of a sudden are hearing about a conflict that's happening halfway across the world. And, that's the crazy thing to me about art you know with music with film we can see something that doesn't seem to affect us at all because it's happening 10,000 miles away and all of a sudden it matters to us because we see something and you know we feel connected to people through seeing their story and all of a sudden we want to be a part of something that otherwise we never would have even known happened right yeah, like you said, telling that story. A lot, I feel like a lot of music wouldn't be where they are today if they didn't have that story, mm-hmm. you know? So that's that work, the that impact that you're doing is, is definitely gonna be, is a wave, you know? I'm definitely yeah. with that. Keep doing it. And you did not need to go to the military to travel. You probably would not do music if you was in the military. I, <laughs> I can kind of guarantee you. Like you'll probably do it, but to be able to travel and then do it yeah. as freely as, as you're doing now, um, yeah. it wouldn't be the same, you know? So it's a good thing that things happen differently and you're able to now go to those same countries that you will be able to in the military, but in a different way, you know? Just going yeah. to share a story instead of fight a war, you know? Yeah. So that's definitely yeah. good. 
it's interesting too another project you know i want to do some of these albums like every year do a that sometimes they might be bigger sometimes it might be smaller but every year do one of these endure albums i'm kind of starting it a known artist project which is called endure um which is right now just that project with uh, the syrian refugees iraqi refugees in lebanon and then every record we do like that will just be another endure album and one of the artists i work with is named rocco vargas um He's also an actor on the show Mayans. And, uh, you know, he's a combat vet. And he and I have talked about and talked to some other other guys about it too. Uh, eventually, we really need to do an Endure album with veterans. And uh, yeah, kind of partner up with veterans and help give give them sort of a platform for their story. You know? I like that. I like that a lot. Your mind is going all over, man. You got so many ideas. I can't wait to actually see a lot of these things that you're talking about come to play because I think that's very dope. I feel like in the military, there's so much things that we don't talk about, that we go through. That did, like you said, it's give them an opportunity to talk about those things and showcase who they are on the platform. So I'm all with it, man. That's dope. And I hope you guys are definitely tapping in with my man, Jay, because he's a, he's a vibe himself. Go ahead. Y'all got to go tap into the song, The Reckoning. It's going to be playing on iHeartRadio on all platforms. Go check them out. I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell everybody your social media so that even after the podcast, they can follow your music, they can follow you and yeah, totally. your journey too. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, my social media just at Jay Denton, J-A-Y-D-E-N-T-O-N. And then um, if you want to follow too, just some of the work I do with other artists here in LA, it's just at Endure underscore studios. And uh, same yeah. thing, you could, you could just Google Endure Studios and you find like all of our websites. And there was a documentary that got made by a filmmaker named Jake Green with Peaceful Seed Productions. And he did a documentary on the project that we did in Lebanon. Mm. which is really cool and it, what's awesome about it too is you get to see some of the backstory and he does these interviews with some of the different refugees that we work with and you know subtitles for the for the ones that don't speak english english and he even got an animator to like animate some of their backstories as they're mm. telling it uh so you know google us find us find us there endurestudios.org um and then yeah for me it's just at jdenton jdenton.com Hey, I want to tap into him because he's doing a lot for not just communities, you know, just one community, but communities all over the world. And that's what we need. We need more light like yourself that's here to spread love all over the world. Um, what is what is something that impact you or who impact you to keep doing these things that you're creating? Yeah, I, you know, I think I get so inspired by people that um, yeah, there's there's a lot of traditional ways to uh, to do a career as an artist, you know, you get signed by a record label and you do your thing. You get signed by a publishing company and you do your thing. I, I get so inspired by seeing people that sort of carve their own path, you yeah. know, figure out a way to take like, maybe, maybe they had something where they were acting as a kid and then they got a record deal and then they shot up through the system that way. Maybe not, maybe they served in the military and gotten out and then, that have always loved music and are getting into it. I love seeing anybody that is doing something and sort of carving their own path and kind of making things happen instead of sitting around waiting for yeah. other people to make it happen. So, oh yeah, for that, you know, I've got some artists out here that have always inspired me. Uh, a guy I work with, the first producer I ever met that like would produce everything himself, play all the instruments. His name's Josh Cumbie. I met him in college and uh, yeah, he's just blown away. 
you know, couldn't believe that he could make all of these sounds in one room by himself. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So always inspired by him, inspired by John Coggins, you know, his producer, same thing. He's just a, he's a monster in the studio. He can just, he can just create an entire track um, with different instruments and it, and it sounds amazing so quickly. Um, so yeah, guys like that obviously grew up listening to music inspired by kind of this mixture of a lot of like rock music that we work out to in the gym, like Linkin Park or like we were like, yeah, T.I. Uh, <laughs> Park and stuff like that. And then uh, my parents, I'd always listen to these like really obscure singer songwriters that no one has ever heard of, you know? And, uh, and so I kind of had this mixture of both in my life. Hey man, you're you're an inspiration yourself. It's, it's especially the students or and the artists that's um that you're working with now. I know they have to look at look up to you some type of way. Like me, right even right now, hearing the things that you're doing with the refugees and um other countries, like it, it's making me think of different ways. Like how can I how can I give more light to the world? You know. So you're an inspiration yourself, and you're pushing others to do things that, like you said, a different way be more of themselves, you know, put their own flavor to it. You got your own yeah, flavor, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I like that. I really like that. Um, so, hey, what are, what are some, I wanna ask you, what are what is the song that you wrote that um, may not have been the best to others, but you felt like it was the most, this is the song I put all my feelings into? Ooh, <laughs> oh man. Does it have to be one that's already out? It don't have to be one already out. It just means that everybody got to go check it out. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. So I actually, I I had one, um, I had one that I'm working on right now, and I'm working on again with Hannah Parrott, which is be exciting. It'll probably be out, you know, later in the fall called Secrets, which was, uh, yeah, that one, that one was, you know, when you write songs and you're, uh, sometimes you almost wonder like am i am i revealing too much here yeah, <laughs> yeah. too vulnerable in this yeah. moment yeah so uh so that was one definitely uh that'll be out later in the fall of ones that are out uh you know it was the title track on my album called locked uh this one's already out and available everywhere yeah that song that song was a big one for me um definitely kind of hit on a lot of the I don't know, just, we have we have our life, we have our journey, and sometimes we spell that out in a very just obvious way, and sometimes we can't have these metaphors that mm. we build as writers or as artists that sort of encapsulate our journey. Locked was a big one for me, that's all. Hey, so y'all go ahead and check out Locked, man. Secrets y'all gotta wait for. Yep. Y'all gotta go tap into it. I know I'm gonna tap into it. And y'all definitely gotta tap into Reckoning onto the PG podcast and all platforms. So check that um check out Jay and his music more. Become a fan, become a follower, you know, uplift him because yo, he's doing a lot of good things in this world. There's, there's people out there that are not doing what you're doing. And to take the time that you're taking out of your day to not only inspire, but to push yourself forward as an artist, as a person too, that, that, like you're really becoming a light to so many people, man. And it makes me feel really good to see other people doing that. You know, they're not just thinking about making a platform for themselves, but they're finding a platform to bring other people onto and showcase them. So, man, you gotta keep going. You gotta keep doing it. You know, we gotta see more, oh. man. We yep. got to, 
Um, so look, before you go, I want I want you to leave something with the people that feels like they want to come and start where you're starting at. They want to write music, but their worlds are two different worlds. How? What would you say to them? What would you tell them how to start that journey? Yeah, I would say one. Think about like the the different perspectives you have. Like if you if your journey took you somewhere completely different than most people know in music. If you can start to look at that as a strength instead of a weakness, do it. Because I think with music, to me, the number one thing is it has to be honest, it has to be real. Yeah. We have to write about stuff that's real, not yeah. just that we think people want to hear, we think would sound cool, like write about what's real. So yeah, bring to any artist, I would say, bring 100% of yourself to your music. Um, so that would be a big one. And then two, start wherever you're at. And, and, and don't wait till you've got a bunch of, don't wait till you have all of the opportunities you want to start doing what you can now. Mm. Yeah, like when I started producing, I literally, I had no money. I was living in this, um, I was living in this apartment in Los Angeles where I didn't have my own room, right? It was literally like, almost looked like college dorm stuff. You got one, one twin bed on one side, one twin bed on the other side. And then I had this like little corner of it they sort of carved out and started building a, a studio. Um, and and that's how I started. And then I just built it from there and things just kept going. But Dang. before that, before that, I really did. I was like waiting to get a publishing deal as a songwriter. So I'd write all these songs, send them off to publishing companies, didn't get a publishing deal. And it was when I just started saying, kind of screw it, I'm gonna build my own thing from scratch. And uh, that that's, that's when things really started happening for me. So bring yourself to it and start wherever you're at. Hey, and if y'all heard it the best way, y'all heard it from my man, Jay. You don't want to wait to start. You want to start right now and just learn as you go through the journey because we don't never all have it figured out at once. Like one thing I learned just on a journey period is when I started, I didn't know something and now I know. You know, and yeah. you're connecting with people and that's be able to help you in different areas to help you grow. So I do encourage everyone, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you want to start, like he said, you want to start, though you don't have to have everything figured out, but do start because it, it means something, you know, it's going to leave a, a legacy for yourself in this world. So like, y'all got to go tap into my man, Jay, man. Go follow him on social media, y'all. Go look him up and go tap into who he is more. Hey man, you got anything else you want to give the followers? And look, I, I want them to go check your music out more, you know, just give yeah, them Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, come, come, come check it out. We've got, uh, it's it's been exciting. I've been doing uh, so much with this Endure album uh, last year. And so I've been working on a lot of new stuff right now, and so much of it is not is not out yet. So uh, I'm really pumped for you guys to start to hear some of the stuff that I've been working on really in the last what year and a half, couple of years is finally starting to uh, to come out. So yeah, come follow us along. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys are Spotify users at all, but I started this playlist with um, a bunch of the uh, with all the songs that I write and produce with other artists that I work with, and I mm -hmm. work with some really really awesome people so go check that out if you go to spotify uh check out my profile at the bottom there's like a playlist that just says Jaden and written produced follow that and you can hear a bunch of the people i work with over here yo i love that i love that i'm gonna go ahead and add that to my playlist 
You feel me? That pump me up. I love it. I really do. Your music, your vibe, and what you're doing in life. I love it. Keep going. Keep doing it. And look, y'all, go tap into him. Ask him some questions. He's a cool dude, and I'm pretty sure he'll be willing to give you guys some, some uplifting. I, I give a lot of uplifting, but to see someone else in, in the position you are doing the same thing, it make others feel like they're not alone. So y'all, go check him out. If nobody tell y'all today, tomorrow, and yesterday they love y'all, know that Charlotte y'all from the BG podcast. Jay Ditton loves y'all, man. Go tap into it. And look, go look up Indoor Studios because he's doing a lot of things with that project. And I'm excited to see the album that you got coming out, man. Keep doing your thing. And look, y'all, we are here to live and inspire, constantly uplift you guys to push forward. So no matter what you do today, no matter what you decide to do today, just start and you will see that in a few months, you wouldn't be in the same spot. You just gotta do it. So man, we live, we love you. And if you don't love us back, we don't care because you can't do nothing about it. We, we love you anyway. <laughs> you feel me? Live to inspire y'all. And we'll see y'all later at the PEG podcast, y'all. We'll see y'all.